You know, the human body is amazing. If you think about your eye, when you were just about two weeks old in your mother's womb, your eyes started to grow and develop and become the eye that you have. In fact, it didn't have a lot of time to become the eye that you have right now because your eye, by the time you were born, became its full size. The size your eye was when you were born is the size your eye is going to be when you die. And it's, it's just that now that you can't say that about your nose and your ears. They're just going to keep on growing. I don't know why God did that, but the older we get, the more we understand that our ears and our nose look bigger and bigger and our eyes look smaller and smaller. The reality is our eyes stay the same your entire life. There are about two million different parts of the eye. It's pretty unbelievable. There's about a, a million nerve endings that attach to your eye and attach to the brain. The human eye is amazing. Your eye, your individual eye, has 250 unique characteristics to it that nobody else in the world shares but you. The amazing thing about the human body is just that it's so unique and put together in such a special way by God. It's fantastic. Your, your ears are pretty amazing too. Your ears are not just used for hearing, they're used for other things like balance. Did you know you also have to have your ears in order to taste? They affect how you taste things. Your ears are involved in taste. The human body is amazing. The inner part of your ear is about the size of a pencil eraser. And on that little part of the inner ear are over 20,000 minuscule hairs without which you could not hear a thing. I mean, the human body is absolutely amazing. And I'm so encouraged by the fact that God chose to use the human body as an illustration for the body of Christ, the church, an even more amazing body. Now I want to read together out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 20. For the body is not one member or one part, but many. If the foot says... Because I am not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is still a part of the body all the same. And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it's still a part of the body all the same. If the whole body was an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole was hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he chose. And if there, if the many members were all the same, where would the body be? But now there are many members, many parts, but one body. This description of the human body is the illustration of the body of Christ. I think it illustrates incredibly well the amazing aspects of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is simply amazing. Consider who we are as a local church, the expression of the body of Christ right here for our community to see and behold, for us to experience. Consider that we are simply a bunch of people who were broken and sinful and going our own way, that God intervened in our lives and brought us to the place of trusting in Him as Lord and Savior. 
Each one of us in here has decided to follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We heard about the good news and we decided that that news was the news we needed in order for our lives to be changed, in order to be forgiven of all of our sin. And we trusted in Jesus Christ and he grafted us all into a body of believers so that now we are together in our functioning, just like we are to understand the human body and its functioning, so we are to understand this body and its functioning. And it is amazing that God brought us together and put us in a body to function together, just like the human body functions. Every part playing its role. Notice in verse 18 that The scripture says there that God determined each part. He made you to be who you are, the way you are, just exactly who you are. And then he chose for who you are to be a part of a body of believers so that who you are is about strengthening and serving the body of Christ so that we function together and we're growing in healthiness. God chose you to be who you are right here where you are to play a part in the health of this body of believers if you're a follower of Christ you've been grafted into this body and God has made you exactly what we need you to be for our church to be everything God intends it to be And when God chose to design the body of Christ with Jesus Christ as its head, he designed us to be a family with him as our father. He designed us to be a priesthood who have direct access to God through our faithful, perfect high priest, Jesus Christ. And he designed us to function together so that we represent something on the same level as the human body working together with all of its parts. And when he designed that, he designed the human body to reflect the church so that we might understand how these parts fit together and work together. And he designed there to be two offices in the church. I would think of these as maybe the heart and the lungs of the body of Christ. So Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And he is called two offices to oversee and lead the church together complementing each other in its leadership. The first, is, the first office is the office of pastor. Now the office of pastor is referred to in the scripture using more terms than just pastor. You may have heard the term elder or bishop or overseer or shepherd. Those are all terms in the New Testament referring to the single office of pastor. That's the term we use mostly in our church family. And so understand that's one of the offices that God has set over the church for the church's benefit. Now the pastors in the church are men in whom the Holy Spirit has given evidence that he is working and leading them and they're ordering their lives according to who God is. They're men that are called to serve the church through praying and through teaching and studying and preaching the word of God. They are called to exhort and sometimes to confront and correct, to lovingly help people follow Christ. They are called to equip 
the members of the body of Christ for ministry and service. The pastors are called to oversee the operations of the church. And so in First Baptist, we affirm this office of pastor. And you have a group of godly men who are called pastors who are charged with the responsibility of leading this church to follow the head of the church, Jesus Christ. Alongside the pastors is the second office. The second office is the office of deacon. The deacons are to be men who are also qualified, men in whom we see the work of the Holy Spirit, men who demonstrate dignity and integrity, men who demonstrate that they care about the gospel of infiltrating every area of their lives, their church life, their home life, their work life. They are men who have sensed the calling of God to join in leading the church with the pastors who conduct a complementary role to the pastors of the church. The deacons are called specifically to minister to the physical needs of the church, focusing in on the weak, the needy, and the poor. In First Baptist, our deacons are faithful to show a concern for everybody in the church. Specifically, our deacon ministry has been doing things like helping people in their homes who have little jobs and, and, and things that they need to be done around the house that they simply cannot do themselves. And oftentimes they cannot afford to get somebody else to come and do them. So the deacons have this helping hands ministry. They're ready to jump in there and help anybody in our church or community that's simply unable to take care of some household to-dos. They also go about and they do hospital visitation. If you're in our church and you're a member of our church and you end up in the hospital at some point and you actually let us know that you're there, it's very likely that somebody from our church will come and see you. And most of the time, it will include one of our deacons because they understand that you're in a position of need and that's their ministry to come alongside those who are in truly in need and love and care and show concern for them. And I'm so grateful that we have our deacons who do those kinds of things because they help the pastors be able to do what the pastors are called to do by complementing the leadership of the pastors through focusing on the service that the people in the church need in terms of physical needs and true neediness. Something else that our deacons do that you may not know about is if we have people in our church membership who are shut-ins, they're physically unable to come to church. They cannot be here. And it is a really difficult thing for a believer in Jesus Christ to not be able to come and be in the church body because they physically cannot come. And so what our deacons do is they go to those individuals and they lead those individuals through communion on a regular basis. They're in their homes, they're in the places they live, and they're leading them through communion so that they still feel like they're a part of this church family. They're serving them. The needs of the weak and the needy and the poor. They also oversee and facilitate a benevolence ministry where we give money in our church and part of that money goes to helping people who have financial needs that are in crisis. Our deacon ministry has a process to invite anyone into who's in a financial crisis to walk through a process of benevolence, getting help. I mean, there's thousands of dollars there ready to help people in our church that are in a financial crisis and the deacons are charged to steward those finances to help people who are in need. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for these men that are going to be standing before you today. We have 12 men who are going to be ordained today. 11 of them are here. 
One of them is in Guatemala serving on mission, and he can't be here, but we're going to still set him apart just like we are affirming these 12 in total. Nine of these guys have never been a deacon before, and today we are setting them aside as deacons in our church body. Three of them have been recognized by other churches, and we are recognizing their ordination being set apart to serve as a deacon today applicable to our church. We believe God set them aside to serve in our church as deacons. See, all 12 of these guys have gone through a rigorous process. They've been tested. The scripture says that deacons need to be men who have been tested. And the word they're tested is the word that says they've been found to pass a test. They have been, a, they've been proven to be approved. These men went through a rigorous process. I would encourage any of you to ask these men about the process. It was not easy. But I'm going to tell you right now, because they've been through that rigorous process along with their wives, they will stand before you as men who are qualified and called by God to serve as deacons. And we are a blessed church to have a group of men who've gone through such testing as they can stand before you and humbly say, I know God is calling me to serve in this capacity. It'll be an incredible blessing. In fact, this kind of leadership, pastors and, and, and deacons leading you who are qualified men, qualified according to the, what the scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, Titus chapter 1. In all those passages, you can see the, the qualifications of pastors and deacons. And we have men in our church who are qualified, who are faithfully serving and leading this church. And this is a great blessing to you. An incredible blessing to you. Do you realize that when the pastors and the deacons work together, filling the biblical roles they've been assigned, that the, the chance for conflict between those two bodies is greatly diminished and the potential for God using those two bodies of leadership to be a blessing to everyone in this church so that everyone is able to follow Christ better is at its all-time high. The leadership you have in this church with a plurality of pastors and a plurality of deacons complementing each other in their roles so that the pastors can pray and preach and teach and lead and oversee and the deacons come alongside and deal with the physical needs of the church. Those working together create a great environment for you to grow and thrive in Christ. It's amazing. You have that. You get to see that today before you. In addition to that, we get to share the burden of responsibility. I cannot tell you how grateful I am to come into a church where there is a strong leadership of both pastors and deacons. We have somewhere in the neighborhood of about 70 deacons. You know how good that feels to me? Because when I come into this church and look at all the people God has called me to lead and pastor, there is no way I can give regular attention to all the needs that are represented in this body of believers. But when you combine the efforts of 80 plus people, men and their wives and their families to be ministering to the church, guess what? We share the burden. We can effectively shepherd, pastor, lead and care for the body of Christ in this place. It is incredible that we have this. So beneficial to you. Do you realize that because we have these leaders in place, that your life is in a position to see Christ so clearly in the gathering of the church. You're in a position to respond to the Lord and serve Him. This is incredibly beneficial to you. And the benefit 
of this leadership is experienced best by a church whose members are responding to God's choice. Verse 18 says, God chose each part to be the part that it is. God chose you to be who you are, where you are in this body, because you are who we need. If you want to experience the benefit of this kind of leadership, then you need to be making a decision in regard to God's choice. Here's the first decision that I want to ask you to make today. I want to ask you to make the decision today that you will join us in affirming these men as faithful servants called by God to the office of deacon. And we're going to get to do that shortly. You can affirm them from this day forward by inviting them into your life when you're in need. By asking them to come alongside you when you have a question, a concern. Asking them to come alongside when you are feeling like you're broken, you need somebody to help you. Letting them know when you are hurting or in the hospital, you have a need in your home. Letting these men come alongside you and serve them, affirm God's call on their life. The second thing I want to ask you to do today in terms of responding, making a decision in regard to God's choice, is I want to encourage you to align your own life with the choice of God. What you're going to see before you shortly are these men standing up here. Two of them come up and share with you. You're going to see these men saying to you, I understand God's choice that he chose for me to be a deacon in this church family. And I have decided to align my life with his choice. The choice is already made. But I had to decide to align my life with his choice. The choice of who you are and how you are to serve in this body because of who you are has already been made. God did it. But each one of us have to make a decision to align our lives with God's choice. I want to encourage you to do that today. You know, we've kind of created some steps for you to be able to do that. Step number one is, is becoming a member of the church. You might ask the question, well, why do I need to become a member of the church? Well, when you become a member of the church, you are identifying yourself as I'm a part of this body. I'm on board with where God is leading it. I want to come under the leadership of the church, the pastors and the deacons, so that they can help me, encourage me to follow Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that I'm a part and that God has called me to be in this church family. When you decide to join our church, you make a great, uh, you give us a great help because you enable us to know who you are and that you want our care. You see, we feel responsible for your lives. I feel responsible for your souls. Every Sunday that I get up here and preach and every Sunday these men are looking to serve you, there is the weight of responsibility of making sure you follow Christ. And it is much easier for us when you identify yourself as, I want to be under that kind of care. And so we'd love for you, if you're not a member of our church, to consider joining our church. And you might ask the question, well, how do I join the church? Maybe you're already a member of this church and you're asking the question, how do I get involved in this church? One of the first steps you can take is, is going to our Discover First Baptist Georgetown classes, Discover FBG. 
It's a great opportunity for you to just find out more about who we are, how to get involved, and how to join our church. If you've not been through those classes, they're offered at 9, 30, and 11 every single Sunday, pretty much. You can see when the dates are that they're offered in the worship guide. You can go to those classes in any order, and they will help you figure out how to get involved, how to, how to plug in, and how to join our church. But the short answer of how to become a member of this church is you've got to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've not made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have not yet been grafted into the body of Christ. You have got to decide you're going to follow Jesus. Just like you heard the testimonies today, are you going to trust Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, following him for the rest of your life? If you make that decision, then the next thing you want to do is follow Jesus Christ in obedience to his primary command he gives you in response to your decision, which is baptism. You come and we just dunk you under the water. And that dunking under the water is the biblical expression of I have trusted in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And that's the next thing you do. Once you've decided to follow Jesus Christ, you've been baptized by immersion, then you need to tell us, I want to identify as being a part of this body of believers. And we'll walk you through that process. It's very simple. But if you want to find out the details surrounding all of that and how to get plugged into our church, those Discover FBG classes are incredibly important and beneficial. Now, since you'll be a part of First Baptist Georgetown, I think it's important that you answer the question, why is First Baptist Baptist? And you need to know what you're a part of, right? So I want to tell you why I am convictionally Baptist and why I will continue to lead this church to identify as a Baptist church. There are three simple reasons. Three reasons. Number one, the Bible. Here's what I mean by that. Historically, Baptists have championed the truthfulness, the infallibility, and the all-sufficiency of the Word of God. And I believe that God's Word can be trusted, is completely true and trustworthy, and we will follow Jesus Christ as he has revealed himself in this book. And that's what will be our guide and sufficient rule of faith. So the Bible. Number two is autonomy. Here's what that means. There's not another organization that's above First Baptist Church telling us what we should do and how we should do it and what should be our mission. The head of First Baptist Georgetown is Jesus Christ. And following under Jesus Christ, your pastors and deacons seeking to lead our church to follow Christ in whatever way he calls us to follow him for the sake of his gospel going out in Georgetown, North Williamson County, Texas, and the world. And we have no one else but Jesus Christ and his word directing us. I love that. Number three is cooperation. Back in the 1800s, Baptist churches decided they would gather together their resources, their people, their efforts in order to reach more people together than they could by themselves. And we have been living out a spirit and a method of cooperation for years now so that now we are tens of thousands of churches 
who are pulling together our resources in order to reach the world for Jesus Christ. Today, we cooperate with 40,000 different churches around the same theological convictions in order to reach the world for Jesus Christ. And we're supporting thousands of missionaries all over the world. That's what we're doing. Every dollar you give in this church, a portion of that dollar goes to cooperate with all other Baptist churches that believe the same thing about what we believe about the Bible and the gospel and the necessity of knowing about Jesus Christ to be saved. And they're going to the ends of the earth and they're fully and completely supported because we cooperated with others. I love that. So those are my convictions. And that's why we are First Baptist Georgetown. And if you become a part of our church family, you personally have to make a decision. How am I going to align my life with God's choice? What is that going to look like? Do you realize what that means? If we affirm God's word, what that means is that there is not a single person in this church family who is not chosen by God to serve in a specific way for the benefit of the faith of the church family. You you can't just come and experience. That'd be like gouging your eye out and thinking you can still see as good as you could see when you had two eyes. You, You have to come And you have to align your life with God's choice, which means you play your part in the body of Christ. When we get that, I mean, when we really get that, do you recognize how unbelievable the regular experience of Christ in this place will be? There is nothing like the body of Christ. If not for the church, I don't know where I'd be today. I want to tell you, the church has played an amazing role in my life, shaping and sharpening who I am in Christ. And who is standing before you today is in large part due to what God did through the church. Did you know that God's method of reaching the world is the church? Did you know that there's nothing more significant in your personal faith growth than the local church? And you will begin to experience that like God intended you to experience it when you decide to align your life with his choice. I want you to be encouraged today to do that. And so I've asked two of our new deacons to come and share with you about their decision to align their lives with God's choice. After these two men come and share with you, all of them are going to line up in front of the stage along with their wives. You have their names and their pictures and their identities there in your worship guide. They're going to line up here in front. And our deacons and deacons' wives that are in this this service are going to come down and pray over them. If you're a friend or a family member of any of these deacons and deacons' wives, come up and just lay your hands on them pray for them. We're going to have a song during that time, and that is going to be an opportunity for all of us to pray, to pray for these men and their wives, to pray for our church, and to respond by deciding to align our lives with the choice of God. And for you, what that may mean, your first step may be, I'm going to go to the Discover FBG class. Your first step may be, I want to connect with a pastor and get some help. There'll be pastors standing down here at the end of our service for about 10 minutes. Just available to encourage you. 
It may mean that you need to connect with a life group leader. If you're in a life group, you may need to go to your life group leader and say, hey, I need to make a step forward in aligning my life with God's choice. It may mean that you need to connect with a church member who's serving. They're all over the place. The people you saw at the door, the people you saw in the parking lot, people you saw at remote parking, the people you saw in the hallway, people you saw at every, every entrance you go to, people with the badges on. These are people who are serving in our church that are readily identified. Just go up to him and say, I need to take a step to aligning my life with the choice of God. I need to be a part of this body serving. Can I just join you next week in what you do so I can at least be doing something and moving in the right direction? You need to take a step today. And, I, and I'm praying that hearing these men will encourage you to take that step.